everybody. Lights, camera, Jackson for the LCJ Q&A podcast. We want families to safely go to the theaters to check out the Boss Baby family business and to watch it at home, too, on Peacock this Friday, July 2nd. Joining me, director Tom McGrath, Academy Award nominee for the first film. Tom, it is great to meet you. Yeah, you too, Jackson. Thank you. How soon after that first movie opened? Because we know animated movies take several years. How soon after it opened did you get started on this sequel? Um, I took some time off because I had done five movies back to back for so long. And then the studio approached uh, with the idea of a sequel. And I was just kind of rolling it around a little bit. And then I called my writer, Michael McCullers. And we just started talking about, you know, since they started doing a series based on uh, Tim and Ted when they were kids that we needed to do something different. And so we just thought, oh, we have an opportunity here because the first movie ended with Tim as an adult telling his daughter how he met his brother we had this little baby in a crib with a suit wink at the camera which wasn't to set up a sequel jackson as much as it was to say oh maybe baby core is real to the kids and we th- we go well you know the the first movie is very boy centric it'd be great to have a new boss baby with a strong female presence and someone who could play really well off alec but could be the exact opposite and then enter amy sedaris who helped us create this really wonderful character that was more the voice of a millennial generation, positively charged, embraced teamwork, had good family life balance. So that kind of was our springboard. Yeah. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You did do a lot of movies back to back, all those great Madagascar films and Megamind and now, and then the first boss baby and, and jumping into this. I love the moment where Amy Sedaris's character, Tita, she has the xylophone and she does the NBC jingle. That was a, a fun little nod that had to be right for the fact that this is a universal movie this time. Yeah, you know, it, we didn't even think about it because uh, I was working with the editor. It's like, oh, she needs. we need to find a little uh, goon, 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 you know, kind of sound. And and the only one we had in the sound effects library was the NBC logo. And then we kept it, we just kept it in there for so long. And then I think uh, Universal Screening, they loved it. And we were like, oh, I'll just keep NBC in there. Yes, I'm sure they love that very much. I'm sure they did. Now, I also noticed that there's a moment early on in this film with Wizzy, the wizard clock, and it yeah. says 331 on it when everything goes crazy. Was that a direct nod to the fact that the first movie opened on March 31st of 2017? It was, yeah. yeah, that was our release date. We're, we feel fortunate to come out in July. Right. Where people are starting to feel safe about returning to the theaters. And it's a holiday weekend. Yeah. And hopefully we can play through the summer, you know. I think you'll do very well for families to go to the theaters this summer, indoor theaters and drive-ins here in upstate New York. I think you're going to do- Drive-ins are great. Drive-ins are awesome. I was talking with Elaine Bogan, director of Spirit Untamed, which is also in theaters right now, about drive-ins. And she remembers seeing the first Spirit movie at a drive-in. Do you have a specific animation-related drive-in experience? I remember seeing Herbie the Love Bug, because I'm that old, in a (laughs) drive-in. And it was one of the first movie experiences I had. And uh, yeah, I, I, I remember it vaguely, but mostly you, you remember being in your pajamas and looking out at the little park you could play on and, and um, the rides and, and that sort of thing. But I think drive-ins are great and I hope they make a big comeback because they're, they're really fun. Yes, I think they will. I remember seeing the most recent Herbie movie with Lindsay Lohan at a drive-in about 16 years ago. So there we go, our little Herbie connection there. And speaking of spirit, there's also a moment in this movie, and I saw it in a promo on TV the other day, involving the first spirit movie. You kind of break the fourth wall in a sense with DreamWorks animated movies there. Yeah, you know, Jackson, that was one of it's one of these scenes you keep adding to it. It originally started off as a kind of an A to B scene, they're riding the pony to school. And then the more we kept adding more and more jokes into it, 
it was a brainstorm comedy pass with the story team. And they go like, oh, it'd be great if they went to a theater and Spirit was playing. So we actually put it in and used Spirit. And it's a fun little nod to uh, DreamWorks. It cracks me up that there's only one person in the theater, though. Hopefully there will be many more people than just one who go see The Boss Baby Family Business this Friday. Now, I watched the movie and... Every scene in this film has so much movement to it. And it's an unbelievable achievement with what you do with the animation and the story of so much movement of the characters. How difficult was crafting the screenplay and, and getting the story right, as well as doing the storyboards for all of these scenes? Storyboarding is great, you know, because it helps come up with rough ideas. But the way, you know, it's working with camera like you would on a live action shoot and what lenses would be great and, and kind of... Uh, you know, figure out the whole um, energy of the camera throughout all these scenes, even into the, uh, the intimate scenes. But the action scenes are the most fun to play with and do a lot of camera work and, and that sort of thing. And, and um, so, you know, rather than being so compartmentalized in departments like, you know, old studios like story department, layout department, animation department, we brought all the departments together to collaborate. And that's the, I started working that way on Megamind and it worked out well because everyone has really good ideas and if you get everyone together in a room early enough or on a Zoom, everyone can add to it, you know, and it's yeah. like the rules of improv, you know, yes, and, and, oh, we could do this, we could do that, you know, and you, and you create an environment where everyone on the team can feel like they contributed an idea. Definitely, definitely. Now, you mentioned, of course, this movie coming out for a big holiday weekend with your story set around Christmas time. It's like a Christmas in July experience. Do you can do you consider the Boss Baby Family Business to be a Christmas movie or a Christmas setting only movie? Are we going through the diehard debate with Boss Baby Family Business? Yeah, you could go the diehard debate or the gremlins debate. Um, there's a few of those. Uh, actually, I would just say it's a winter movie in July, which would be good because, you know, we just wanted the, you know, the movie we wanted it, you know, for me too different than the first movie and snow provides such a really great cinematic background for everything because it reflects light really well and it, it provides all this negative space for the characters to really read well and so that was part of why we chose that plus the theme of the film is is usually uh, winters when families usually come together over some holiday and it was important to our story to show how disparate the family was during the holidays and so the winterscape was just really beautiful aesthetically to play with as well so so i yeah i I, it's an interesting argument we'll see you know but you know hallmark channel has christmas in july all july so maybe we'll fit right in that's right there you go taba grath is with me right now in the lcj q a for boss baby family business james marsden voices the older tim and in listening to him, I think it's fantastic because it's great to hear him sing again. He sings, if you want to sing out, sing out. And that's been in my head now for three days, but it's good because I loved hearing him sing in Enchanted and Hairspray. Was that one of the reasons why you chose him for this role? Yeah, because we knew we were going to have original songs in there. And um, at the time, we weren't sure that we were going to use uh, the Cat Stevens song, Sing Out. But we were looking for someone who could sing. And James came right into mind, you know, from Hairspray and Enchanted. And he's just so funny. And he also was a Tina Fey's boyfriend in 30 Rock, where he sang this, made up this song. And so, you know, we just approached James. Also because he's so charming. His voice is so charming. And and it, it played, when you're thinking about voice talent, you're putting together a band. If Alec is the bass, then Tim needs to be the uh, guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and Jeff Goldblum is uh, 
the drums, you know? And so you're putting this band together, of different voices that can play off each other. And Alex and uh, James played really well together. And James is really funny too, and charming. You mentioned Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Armstrong. He yes. almost, the character almost reminds me of Jeff Goldblum's apartments.com guy. Change your life, change your world, and that whole vibe. I feel like Jeff Goldblum is one of those guys where you had a lot of like outtakes and things you could have put in the movie and a lot of funny things. Was, was that the case? We have it with all our actors, but Jeff in particular has a lot of, you know, Jeff is the most original actor He'll, he'll read the lines, but then he'll never look at him again and he'll find his own words to do it, you know. And since he was playing a teacher, and I don't want to spoil the other, you know, aspect of his character. Right. But um, he just got into this mode because he's so smart. He was just like quizzing everybody in the sound booth of, of just trivia, you know, between lines, you know. And he would just like roll into his character. And, you know, what's fun about his delivery is so unique that it provides so much fun for the animators to animate expressions between the lines. And, and he has these really great pauses that he does. It's great for the animators to fill those in with some kind of quirky acting like Jeff would do in his live action movies as well. There you go. Yeah, it's almost like a game show at one point in this movie involving his character. Maybe you could do a spinoff short or something. If he was asking all the crew these trivia questions, you could have uh, the character hosts of a uh, trivia game show for some spinoff short. Yeah, and, and talking to Jeff too, because. Michael McCullough and I really wanted to shine a light on the way schools are now and new age schools and how competitive they are. And we just thought, oh, it should be like Hollywood Squares, like a game show. And Jeff really liked that idea. And he also loved the idea that his, his character is addicted to sugar, which he really got into and made the most of. And um, again, it's, it's watching a great actor uh, bring a character to life off the page. Yeah, there you go. Now, as the director of both of these movies, I'm sure over the last four, five, six years, you have seen a lot of photos, I'm guessing, of babies dressing up as the boss baby for Halloween and things like that. Have you uh, have you seen a lot of those over these I've last seen five a years? Few. I've seen a few uh, that my friends have sent me and that sort of thing, which is kind of fun. Based off of Marley Frazee's book, it's, there's a truth that babies run the household and that they are the boss and boss the parents around in their own manipulative baby way, you know. And that's kind of the core essence of our movie. And it's it's great to see that it affects culture so much that people uh, dress up their babies in suits. Oh, yeah. Since I have you, obviously, yeah. with the Madagascar franchise, and you voice Skipper, of course, in, in those as well. But I love the fact that uh, when I saw Madagascar 3 for the very first time, it was a Saturday morning screening. And towards the end of the movie, when they get back to New York, I thought, oh, my gosh, they're actually getting back to New York. And I was so surprised by that after all that we've been through with everybody. Did you always know going into Madagascar 3 that you wanted the characters to come back to New York towards the end? We were hoping we could do a third one because in any trilogy, they have to they have to go back to where they started, you know, and thinking like, well, now that they've been on this big adventure around the world is the zoo, everything they missed, you know, when they first left the zoo. And so it was very important. And we felt really fortunate to, to be able to have that third movie to kind of close that chapter on the zoo. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the, the TV series, A Little Wild, that's on Hulu right now. And uh, very pleased with all of those films. And overall, uh, Tom, as we wrap things up here on this episode, what do you think, being the boss of the Boss Baby franchise, what is the best thing about that? Well, I think the boss, I, I would say I, I probably take a page out of baby Tina's book where she embraces teamwork 
and collaboration and that mm. sort of thing. And, um, and I think as a director, you know, you learn on every movie you do and you should just have enough confidence to know you can, you can reach out to your team and let them participate and let them add ideas and join in because at the end of the day, it's, it is a group group effort. It is a team sport in the three and a half years it takes to make these things and good ideas come from everywhere. And that's yeah. what makes the best animated movie. Yeah. And you've got a fun one. The Boss Baby Family Business in theaters and on Peacock this Friday, July 2nd. Tom McGrath, thank you so much for your time today, for being on the LCJ Q&A and all the best with this movie this summer. Thank you so much, Jackson. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Lights Camera Jackson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LCJ Q&A podcast.